Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks with Say One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God in human life than to reject His eternal salvation only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. The year 2020 arrived with all the excitement and promise of every other new year. However, not long after its start, the world was faced first with the threat of a little-known but dreaded disease. Shortly thereafter, the reality of thousands of deaths from this plague with no apparent remedy began to creep into the bodies, minds, and hearts of over 180 nations, and along with it, fear, specifically fear of death. Many people even began to think the earth had been suddenly flung into what the Bible calls the last days, citing passages such as Luke chapter 21 verse 26 about which Jesus said, Men fainting for fear and for expectation of the things which are coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. The great irony in all of this is how many people, including many who call themselves Christians, did not seem to recognize that death had not only been conquered, but the resurrection day on which that victory over death is celebrated occurred in the middle of this panic. Jesus of Nazareth, the beloved yet maligned, uniquely begotten Son of the living God, was raised to life from an undeserved death, and by so doing, defeated death and the fear of death according to Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 through 18. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. In his great wisdom, God provided a way for all of humanity to deal with this ancient curse. By allowing his enemy to think he could orchestrate the death of Jesus, God the Father provided every man, woman, boy, and girl on earth the opportunity to lay hold of eternal life. Each one who believes that Jesus, the Son of God, is alive can say with confidence, My Redeemer lives, which is the title of this message. Our lesson today is from the book of Job. Beginning at Job 1, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would sin and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Job was an exceptional man. 
Today, only the uninformed or wicked would refer to him as less than an upstanding, holy example of a man which any community would be thankful to have. How many of us make continual prayers for our children so they will not sin against God in their hearts? But because of his righteousness, Job had an enemy he did not know. Picking up at verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. At this point, Job received news that his animals were either destroyed or stolen, and his herders and servants and all his children were killed. His response to this evil report was highly unusual, as we hear at verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Even in his response to tragic calamity, Job exhibited holiness and humility of spirit before the Lord. But his enemy was not yet done. Job chapter 2 begins, Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, Job is bereft of his material wealth, his children, and finally his health. His wife is still with him, but she tells him to curse God and die. But again, Job's response was righteous, and he rebuked her for her words. Finally, Job's friends came to comfort him. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place 
Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite. They made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite. They made an appointment together to come and show him sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. From chapter 3 through chapter 37, Job and his friends speak to each other. Job pouring out his sorrow and his friends trying to convince him the calamities that have befallen him must somehow be due to secret sins on his part. As Job insists on his righteous intentions and deeds, he reveals that the source of these is his trust in God with these words from Job chapter 19 verses 19 through 27. All my intimate friends abhor me, and those whom I loved have turned against me. My bones stick to my skin and to my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O you my friends, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do you, like God, pursue me? Why are you not satisfied with my flesh? Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Job knew about God and had enough faith in God to know him as his Redeemer, and to believe that somehow in his resurrected body he would see God with his own eyes. In this way, Job prophesied that all those who were redeemed by the one whom Abraham called the judge of all the earth, who does right at Genesis 18.25, would see him in their resurrected bodies with their own eyes. God finally responds to Job's pleas for him to speak in chapters 37 through 41, and Job's story ends in chapter 42 as Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be stopped. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves, and my servant Job shall pray for you. 
for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamathite went and did what the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He had also seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first daughter, Jemima, and the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Hapak. And in all the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this Job lived a hundred and forty years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. Few people today, if any, have the widespread earned reputation because of a godly life as did Job. He continually offered sacrifices to the Lord, but as good as Job's life was, according to the book of Hebrews, God provided something better for us, and the model is found in the Old Testament priesthood. Today we have no need of animal sacrifices to appease the God of heaven for our offenses against him because Jesus, our Redeemer, provided something far superior. From chapter 1, God, having of old time spoken unto the fathers and the prophets by diverse portions and in diverse manners, has at the end of these days spoken unto us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the very image of his substance, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made purification of sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, having become by so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. From Hebrews chapter 7, For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are said belongs to another tribe, from which no man has given attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord hath sprung out of Judah, as to which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priests. And what we say is yet more abundantly evident, if, after the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest, who has been made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For it is witness of him, you are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. For there is a disannulling of a foregoing commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. For the law made nothing perfect, and a bringing in thereupon of a better hope through which we draw near unto God. And inasmuch as it is not without the taking of an oath, for they indeed have been made priests without an oath, but he with an oath, by him that said of him, the Lord swear and will not repent himself. You are a priest forever. 
By so much also has Jesus become the surety of a better covenant, and they, indeed, have been made priests, many in number, because that by death they are hindered from continuing. But he, because he abides forever, has his priesthood unchangeable. Wherefore also he is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto God through him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, holy, guileless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men high priests having infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was after the law, appoints a son, perfected forevermore. From Hebrews chapter 8, Now in the things which we are saying, the chief point is this. We have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is necessary that this high priest also have somewhat to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, seeing there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve that which is a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, even as Moses is one of God when he is about to make the tabernacle. For see, said he, that you make all things according to the pattern that was shown you in the mount. But now has he obtained a ministry, the more excellent by so much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then would no place have been sought for a second. From Hebrews chapter 9. Moreover, the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry he sprinkled in like manner with the blood. And according to the law, I may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and apart from shedding of blood, there is no remission. It was necessary, therefore, that the copies of the things in the heavens should be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ entered not into an holy place made with hands, like in a pattern to the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear before the face of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters into the holy place year by year, with blood not his own. Else must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now, once at the end of the ages, has he been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been once offered to bear the sins of many, shall appear a second time, apart from sin, to them that wait for him unto salvation. And from Hebrews chapter 10, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly being made a gazing stock both by reproaches and affliction, and partly becoming partakers with them that were so used. For you both had compassion on them that were in bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your possessions, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and an abiding one. From Hebrews chapter 11. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things make it manifest that they are seeking after a country of their own. And if indeed they had been mindful of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed of them to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Women received their dead by a resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and the holes of the earth. And these all, having had witness borne to them through their faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing concerning us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. And from Hebrews chapter 12, But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable hosts of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. So, to summarize, Jesus is not only the final word from God, he is better than anyone God sent before him. Jesus is a better messenger with a more excellent name. He is a different priest who has given us a better hope and is the guarantee of a better covenant. Jesus the Messiah has attained a more excellent ministry, is the mediator of a better covenant enacted on better promises, and through his own blood, Jesus has made a better sacrifice, having purified very real things in heaven. Because of Jesus, we have a better and permanent possession. Those of old held out for a better homeland, that is, an heavenly one. Many refused deliverance so they would receive a better resurrection because God was providing something better so they would achieve perfection with us. And finally, the blood of our Lord Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The Apostle Peter declares the power of God in this message about our Redeemer at Acts 2, verses 22 through 36, when he said, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, unto you by mighty works and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, even as you yourselves know, him being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you by the hand of lawless men did crucify and slay, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Brethren, I may say unto you freely of the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us unto this day, being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his lawns he would set one upon his throne. He foreseeing this spake of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he left unto Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. 
This Jesus did God raise up, whereof we are all witnesses, being therefore by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he hath poured forth this which you see and hear. For David ascended not into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Set on my right hand, till I make your enemies the footstool of your feet. Let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Jesus, our Redeemer, does indeed yet live, and he has done all that is necessary to save every human on the planet. Yes, he will be seen by those for whom he died as they enter the gates of heaven, but Jesus can also be seen now with the eyes of faith by all who believe what he said about himself. Like Job, any suffering believer can also say, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for his calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that he really loves you and he has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life life is good. good. God God gives life. God God is good. good.